We're going to continue on today in our, our series. We just began, and if you weren't here with us last week, we just began a, a series looking through the book of Genesis. And we're going to take probably six months or so and kind of go through the book of Genesis, looking at not word by word, but looking at um, kind of idea by idea, person by person, theme by theme. And um, I want to start by asking you, who's ever seen the movie Chariots of Fire? Seen the movie Chariots of Fire? All right, some of you have. Um, it's a movie about a runner. It's going to tie into where we're going here. It's a movie about a runner, a guy by the name of Eric Liddell, and he's a very committed Christian. He's a Brit. Um, back in the uh, early 20s, 1924, the story centered around, around the Olympics in Paris. And he was a 100-meter runner. Matter of fact, he was a great 100-meter runner. And Eric Liddell um, was this very committed Christian, and he had this um, rule in his life that he would not run on Sundays. And the reason he wouldn't run on Sundays is he believed that to honor the fourth commandment uh, meant to, to make Sunday a day of rest, the Sabbath day a day of rest, and so he would not run. So he gets into the Olympics, and he's doing really good, and he's winning, and he comes down to, the, um, to a race, a semifinal race, and they schedule the race on a Sunday. And Eric Liddell decides, I won't run. And they said, they have to. Matter of fact, the prime minister of, of, uh, of Wales, or the prince of Wales, calls him and contacts him, it wasn't calling then, contacts him and says, listen, you need to run this race for the glory of our nation. And he says, I can't. It's on Sunday. I don't run on Sundays. And it becomes a big hoopla, and he refuses to run, and he's passed over. He doesn't go to the quarterfinals, the semifinals. He can't go into the final things. And people are angry with him. But something pretty miraculous happens that somehow kind of through some turns of fate, um, he's asked to run in the 400 meter finals, even though it was a race he had never run before. And they, they somehow it worked out that he could run in this quarter or this final race in the 400, and he runs the 400 meter race, and he wins the 400 meter in the Olympics and gets the gold medal. And people said of him from doing that, they said he looked like a man who was running inspired by God. And he runs this race and he wins it. And he says, look what happened, because I chose to honor God in this way. Now, Liddell wouldn't run for a very clear reason. He wouldn't run because in his mind, in his belief, Sundays were a day to honor God by keeping the Sabbath. And that he felt he would dishonor God if he did not do that. Now, I've got a question for you. How many of you can remember, and it's not that long ago because I'm not that old, can remember when grocery stores, gas stations, every place was closed on a Sunday? You kids don't know what this is like. It's not that long ago. We're not that ancient. When I was, not, when I was a, even, I think, into a teenager, young teenager, if we were going to go somewhere and drive you know, for vacation, my dad would have to say, well, I don't know, is there any gas stations open between here and there? And if you wanted to eat, you'd have to say, well, oh, there's no place to eat. Or, you know, it's not like today where if on Sunday afternoon, Suzanne says, oh, Mark, I, I forgot to buy this for lunch. We just run to pick and save. The pick and save wasn't open. There was no pick and save. But, but Paulus's, I grew up in Cedarburg, wasn't open because everything was closed down on Sunday because people were saying we're going to honor the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, the reason we're talking about that today is because this whole concept of the Sabbath day, its foundation is found in the book of Genesis. And I think it's going to be really important for us to look at this today because what I'm hoping today as we talk about this, we're going to gain a real good view on how this really applies to us today. What applies? Does it apply? Does it not apply to us? And we're going to say, what does God really have to say about a Sabbath day and a Sabbath rest 
in the Word of God. And so let's turn to the book of Genesis together. Genesis chapter 2. And let's see what the Word of God, the foundation it lays for the idea of a Sabbath. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Find it, first book in your Bible. Chapter 2, verse 1. Thus... The heavens and the earth were completed. Now remember, we just God had just gone through six days of creating everything. He created man, he created the heavens, the earth, the skies, the universe, everything. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. We'll stop right there. After God created everything, it says he did something. And something that I think is kind of strange. At this point, we're going to find out later that it was for a reason, but after six days of creation, God takes a rest. Have you ever wondered about that? Sometimes we read through stuff so quickly we don't really think about it. Did you ever wonder why in the world God, after six days, took a rest? Do you think God was tired? Do you think he took a rest because he was just exhausted? That creation was so hard for God that he took a rest? I don't, I don't think that's the reason God, why God took a rest. Do you ever hear the story about the time that, that in the middle of creation, God was creating and, and an angel walked up and he had just com, completed something and, and God talked to the angel and he said, hey, maybe it was Gabriel, and he said, this isn't in the Bible, so don't think it, okay? He says, hey, I just created a 24-hour period of alternating light and darkness on earth. And the angel goes, wow. He says, well, God, what are you going to do now? And God says, I think I'll call it a day. Okay, think I'll call it a day? That goes to where we're going here today. Okay, don't give up my day job, right? <laughs> Was God so bushed? after creating, that he said, I'm going to call it a day? Was he so bush that he said, oh, I'm just going to knock off and, and take a break because I'm, I'm really, really tired and I need to rest today? Church, no, it's not why he did it. You know, he rested. He didn't need a rest. He rested because he was finished. And we're going to find out he rested for another reason. God rested on the sixth day because later in the scripture, we find that he used this pattern as a foundation for instructing the nation of Israel that they needed to rest on the seventh day of the week also. Grab your Bibles and turn just a little bit past Genesis to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. The section that we know of where you find the Ten Commandments. Some of you newer to Christ, you say, where are those Ten Commandments? Here they are, Exodus chapter 20. Let's read from verse 8 to verse 11 in Exodus. Remember, this is the Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses. He's, holding on a, he's, he's got them on two tablets of stone. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your sons or your daughters, you, your male or your female servants, or your cattle or your, sojourn, your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it 
holy. Friends, this is why Eric Liddell wouldn't run in the Olympics on a Sunday. He did not want to dishonor this commandment that we call the fourth commandment. Now, here's the question that I want us to answer, think about today. We're going to spend the rest of our time on today. Does this commandment still apply to us? Was Eric Liddell right in saying, I can't, but maybe he didn't say I can't, maybe he said I won't. There's a big difference. Run on the Sabbath. I'd like to answer it like this. Is he right? I would say yes, but yes in the light of the rest of Scripture. Because for us, as New Testament Christians, we need to take what God taught from that time in Exodus all the way to what God taught through Jesus in the New Testament to figure out what God has to say to us. And here's what I mean. Let me explain. Understand that the Sabbath was established by God when? At creation. In the beginning. That's why we started off there. It's, a, it's foundational. At God wasn't tired. He established a pattern. And God established this idea of a Sabbath at creation. It's part of God's created order. Now, many people would say that the Sabbath was strictly for Israel. Um, they based their reasoning on the fact that it was found in here in Exodus 20 in the law given by God to Moses, and Moses gives it to Israel. And they would say this. They would say, we no longer live under the law, but we live under grace, which is correct, right? And so it's not needed anymore. But friends, what we see in reality, we see that God instituted the Sabbath idea at creation before the law was ever given. God, who created Adam and Eve, designed them and us to take one day in seven and set it aside for God. This is why. He knew how man thinks. He created us. He knows how man works. And he knew that we would constantly need times of refreshing and renewal in our lives. And that's what the Sabbath is all about. It's about times of refreshing and renewal. As long as man has existed, the requirement of keeping the Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath has existed. It didn't start with the law. It started at creation. So when keeping the Sabbath was stated in the Ten Commandments in Exodus that we just read, it wasn't stated for the first time. It was simply a restatement of God's original principle, which is eternal and perpetual because it's based on created order. Therefore, just because we are free from the Old Testament law, which has been fulfilled in Christ, we aren't free from God's eternal principles, and that's something that the Sabbath is. Does that make sense? How it started before the law, and just because somebody say it's because it, because it was in the law, and it stated in the law, and now we don't have to follow the law, we don't have to keep it anymore, but say, yes, we do have to, we, in sense, we're going to understand what that means in a minute. Um, because it was established before the law at, at creation. However, some of you are getting nervous on me. You think I've turned into a Seventh-day Adventist. I'm not. Hold on. When Jesus shows up on the scene, fast forward 2,000 years, or more than that, you know, uh, 4,000 years. Fast forward when Jesus shows up on the scene. He shows up on the scene 2,000 years ago, and he found that over the years the Jewish religious leaders had taken God's instruction to set one day and seven aside for worship and for rest, and they had turned it into this religious 
ridiculous list of do's and don'ts. Anybody ever hear of the Talmud? The Talmud is, is basically a book of Jewish traditions. In the Talmud that, that good godly Jews followed and up till Jesus' day or in past Jesus' day, today they still do, there are 24 chapters listing various Sabbath laws, saying all these things you could and couldn't do on the Sabbath. For instance, the Talmud says that you could not walk farther than 3,000 feet from your house on the Sabbath. Now, did God's law to man say that? No. We read God's law to man. We saw the creation account. We saw the Exodus account. And they said, well, to make that work, you can't walk more than 3,000 feet from your house. So people had to really calculate what they could do. They said you could not carry anything that weighed more than a dried fig on the Sabbath day. How much does a dry fig weigh? I don't know, but remember the story when Jesus healed on the Sabbath and a man picked up his pallet. Remember Jesus said to the guy, pick up your pallet and go. And they said, you can't pick up your pallet on the Sabbath day and go. Why? It weighed more than a dried fig. And they had the Talmud said, this list of man-made rules and saying how you got to apply God's law, um, they did it. You know that you could not carry a needle on the Sabbath? You know why? They were afraid you might sew. Just accidentally start sewing, you know? And that would be work. And so they had all these ridiculous rules about what it meant to keep the Sabbath. And Jesus shows up on the scene and he sees this and he says, you know what, you guys don't get it. And so he begins to straighten them out. He begins to explain to them the Sabbath's real intention. And I want us to look at one of the instances where Jesus does that. Turn in your Bible to the book of Mark, chapter 2, all the way to the New Testament. But you have to understand about theology, when you're looking at stuff in the Word of God, it's why we need to know the whole Word of God, is that it's basically usually one big unfolding of a theme. It starts off this way in the beginning, and God, through progression, progression of revelation, begins to unpack stuff for us and explain it to us, and that's what we have here. It starts at creation in a certain way. He institutes it then at the law. He, he explains it to Israel, but then Jesus comes on the scene thousands of years later and says, now wait a minute, here's what I really meant by it. And so we get a full understanding of it. Mark chapter 2. Let's start in verse 23. We're going to read all the way to chapter 3, verse 5. It says, And it happened that he was passing through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And he is who? Jesus. And his disciples began to make their way along while picking heads of grain. So imagine you're going like through a wheat field. And they're walking on a path and there's, there's grain growing. And they're picking heads of grain on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees, who are the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and he and his companions became hungry? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests. And he also gave it to those who were with him. And Jesus said to them, and this is where you need to if you highlight or underline in your Bible, underline this verse, we're going to come back to it. And Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was not made for man, the, rather, the Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Verse 28, and so the Son of Man is the Lord even of the Sabbath. So he says, I'm even Lord of this day that you've made to be the most important thing in religious um, observance. Chapter 3. 
he entered again into the synagogue and a man was there whose hand was withered. They were watching him to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, get up and come forward. And he said to them, he looks at the Pharisees and he says to them, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save a life or to kill? But they kept silent. And looking around at them with anger, Jesus gets angry, grieved at their hardness of heart, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored. Friends, Jesus understood the real intention of the Sabbath. He understands the real intention of the Sabbath was to be a benefit to mankind in their, in their personal life in their, and in their relationship with God. And verse 27 of, of 2 of Mark there says um, the heart of what he taught the people. He says the Sabbath was made for man. The reason God rested on the seventh day wasn't because he was tired. It was because he's creating a a pattern to be repeated for the benefit of mankind. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. He says, you know what, friends? It's not about rules and regulations. It's about men and women connecting to God and men and women being healthy. Because it's a time not only for spiritual life, but it's a time for rest. That God designed the Sabbath to be a special time between him and his followers, a time of blessing as they set aside time um, with God and for God. Friends, the purpose of the Sabbath that Jesus is trying to get across, and if you want to understand and write something down, it says, this is the reason for the Sabbath. It's this. The Sabbath's purpose is rest for our bodies and refreshment for our spirits. That's what the Sabbath is all about. It's about rest for our bodies and refreshment for our spirits. Yet by Jesus' day, this religious crowd had completely misunderstood the spirit of that, of that law, and they'd only focused on keeping the letter, making a list of rules and regulations that one could do and couldn't do, and they were good intended. They thought, well, I'd give all these rules to make sure that people do it right, but they understood the letter of the law, but not the spirit that Jesus explains here. So when Jesus walks on the scene and he walks up to a man in the temple on the Sabbath with a withered hand, they are watching him saying, is he going to possibly break the Sabbath and heal on the Sabbath? You know, um, and, when, so, and he does it. And then when his disciples walk through a field of grain and they begin to pick heads on the Sabbath, the Pharisees looked at this and said, listen, you're breaking the law. But really, Jesus just understood what the real intention of the Sabbath was all about. He understood that these things, doing these things on the Sabbath, in no way broke the spirit of the devotion of these people to God on that Sabbath day. So he says, you know what? It's okay. Matter of fact, it's all right. He says, is it all right for you to save a life on the Sabbath? As a man with a withered hand, and they're going to get upset that the Son of God is going to give him freedom in this hand because they want to keep the letter. And he says, don't you get it? It's even good to do that on the Sabbath. I set this man free. Other times, he set men possessed by demons away. And he said, I set him free on the Sabbath. What could be better? He understood the spirit of the Sabbath. He understood that the Sabbath was made for man. 
to bless man that man was not made for the Sabbath. Man was not created to keep this little rigid set of rules and regulations. So what does Jesus do? He validated the Sabbath. He says it's good, but he explains it. He clarified that it is not a day to focus on a list of do's and don'ts. It's a day to focus on God and to receive the benefit that God had originally intended for it to give. Rest for our bodies and refreshment for our spirits. Friends, it's not about legalism. And in fact, it's not even about observing this on a certain day of the week. And sometimes people get hung up on that. They say, well, the Jewish Sabbath was from Friday evening until Saturday evening, and they're trying their best to keep the law. But Jesus and the early church, we find out that for 2,000 years since Christ's resurrection, um, the church has been observing this day set aside, not on from Friday to Saturday, Friday night to Saturday, but on Sunday, because it's Resurrection Day. It's why we have Easter celebration on Sunday. We celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive. It's a time set aside, um, we set the time aside to, to, to take away the busyness out of our lives and to focus on our relationship with God and to rest for our bodies. You know what I've concluded about the Sabbath? I've concluded that Sunday afternoon naps are of God. That's what I've... That's as spiritual as it gets. I believe it. Sunday afternoon naps are from God. He worked for six days and he rested on the seventh. I believe it. That Sunday afternoon naps are from God. Now... Here's what I want us to understand. Maybe people in the past, even in this country, in our culture, had taken it a bit too far and had basically recreated what the Pharisees had, this list of do's and don'ts. Maybe they had. You know, so, so Liddell didn't run on the Sabbath. People were told, you know, they couldn't have fun on the Sabbath. Maybe they took it too far. And I'm saying maybe. Maybe they missed the point. I'm not even sure. I don't know if they missed the point. Because that's between them and God saying, I want to make whatever I want to do, I want to make commitments to you, Lord. And I'll always side with anyone whose decision is to give priority to God in their life. So I said, maybe they took it too far. I don't know. But this is what I do know about this situation. That for the most part today, people don't even consider the importance of setting one day in seven aside for God. It doesn't even enter into our minds in our culture anymore. There's not a store. There's hardly a workplace that's not open on Sunday anymore. And I know we got to try to wrestle with that. Sometimes you got to work on Sunday. Some, you know, and we have the freedom to go wherever we want on Sundays. I would think in our culture today, what I see is we don't even consider it as being special anymore. You know, Sunday or Saturday is just like every other day on the calendar. It's a time for working at work, or it's a time for working at home. Or it's a time for just all fun and games and recreation with no real value given to the idea of rest for our bodies and refreshment for our spirits. You know, we not only don't keep the letter of the Sabbath law anymore, we don't even attempt to keep the spirit of the Sabbath anymore. And I would say this as I look at our culture, even said in my lifetime, the pendulum has swung very, a very long way in a very short period of time. It swung from everything being closed on Sundays except for churches to now Sunday being just another day on the calendar. That's what's happened in our culture in my lifetime. And I think Jesus shows us that the correct position is somewhere in the middle that we realize that God made the Sabbath for man 
because man needs to set aside one day in seven for spiritual and physical renewal. You know how many times I've talked to people over the last 20 years as a pastor, and they tell me, oh, pastor, I just don't have time to read my Bible. Pastor, I just don't have time to pray. Pastor, I just don't have time. And I think about the Sabbath when they tell me that. And I said, even if you would do nothing all week long, and in the spirit of the Sabbath, try to honor this one day for the Lord, you would have one out of seven days, not to just keep the rules, rules of do's and don'ts, but one out of seven days that you really said, I am going to focus my attention on Jesus today. I'm going to focus my attention on my spiritual life today. I'm going to focus my attention on physical renewal today. You know that as a culture in America, doctors tell us that we are on total stressed out, burnout overload. Do you know we're the hardest working nation on the planet? I guess Japan, they say, has maybe surpassed us. But when we lived in Asia, we lived in Cambodia, the Cambodians laughed at us. They they weren't Christians. They were Buddhists. They understood the need for rest. And they would laugh at us in Christians and say, why do you work so hard? You never take a rest. You never take a break. And we looked at him and said, why are you so lazy? You you never work. But you know what? At the end of the day, we both spent 24 hours and we were worked into the ground and they were smiling. No, I'm all for hard work. And God's all for hard work. But he set a principle in place here. He understands that we need some downtime. He understands that we need some time to rest. We need some time to take a Sunday afternoon nap. I don't know where a nap goes from a punishment to a blessing, but somewhere in your life, my kids used to cry when I made them take a nap. Now it's like, get the kids out of the house. I want to take a nap, you know, right? God knows we need that. We need a, we need a nap. And you know what else? We need time where we just set this day aside and say, it's for God. It's for God, you know. Jesus showed uh, um, by his actions and by his teaching that there's not some strict list of what we can and can't do on the Sabbath. He healed on the Sabbath. He let his disciples basically prepare their meal on the Sabbath. You know, he, they picked heads of grain. Well, they rubbed them in their hands and ate them. It's a, they prepared their meal on the Sabbath. And what I want for us today, friends, is that as we think about this, that each of us remember that it was God's idea to have a seven-day week. You know what's interesting to your friends who say there is no God? Ask them why we still have a seven-day week and not a ten-day week. And you ever think about that? Some of these things we don't ever think about. How come we still have a seven-day week? Because God started it. Whenever, however long ago, he started it. It was God's idea to have a seven-day week and that he rested after six days. And I know some of you think you're super people, You guys think you're supermen? But God rested after six days. He set a pattern in place that if I can rest, and I think he's got a little more on his plate than we do. If he could rest, we could rest. And that he rested after six days, and then he instructed this group of people that he called out to be his own, the nation of Israel. He instructed them through the law to set aside this one day in seven. And they lived according to that, and they kind of got misguided with it. But Jesus then shows up, and he places value on the Sabbath. He never says you shouldn't keep it. But he lets his followers know, hey, this thing's not about about you keeping this list of rules. Understand that the Sabbath was made for you. 
that God created this this seven-day procession with the last day being the day. And for us, it's the first day, Sunday, because really Sunday is the first day of the week, that this day, you need to set some time aside. You need to set this day aside to focus on your relationship with God and to get some rest. You know, just maybe, just maybe we need to rethink our schedules a bit and be more particular about setting time aside for worship and rest. Just maybe God really knew what he was doing. You think that might be true?